0: All right, so um, I'm going to give you a teaching. It's not a Bible study. It's not a deep Bible study. But hopefully, after you listen to uh, this series of messages, you'll have a full understanding of Christian theology about angels. And uh, we'll have a better understanding of the, of, of the spiritual realm, okay? So today it's called, uh, the message It's Angels of the First Sphere, And uh, the next message, if it's me, I don't know if it's going to be an interruption on the series, but the second message, it's going to be the second sphere. And uh, finally, I'm going to talk, uh, it's not third sphere. No, I'm going to talk about third heaven, okay, Uh, which refers to the third sphere, but I gave a different name. So it's first sphere, second sphere, and third heaven. And and so... um, um, uh, the Christian theology about angels, of course, is different from New Age books that people may buy at, uh, at the bookstore, at uh, Chapters or whatever. So I hope uh, uh, you will learn something. But more than learning, we want to see the ministry of angels among us. Amen. So that was my first message was ministry of angels. And, and so today I'm going to expand on the devotional you just watched. And I want to mention that there are three different what are called spheres where angels are mentioned in Scripture. And uh, each sphere has three orders. And this was studied by old theologians, old popes from the first centuries, uh, and they defined uh, things this way. Um, uh, Usually things are a bit more elaborate than what we define them. Uh, but uh, like um, any other realm of knowledge, theology tries to uh, identify things and uh, organize them. So uh, it's like if I will talk to you about the human race, there's one race. But then we know there's different races according to different regions, uh, different um, Uh, types of evolution according to climate so I could say that uh, in Africa there's more like a black race in uh, Europe it was more and uh, the Middle East more like a whitish skin color then if you go to Asia we say they're more yellowish and I'm uh, more like the Native American I'm a red skin when I had lots of sun, my skin turns more red than white. So, so, but this is how we define them. And we say, oh, there's a black, white, but now that people try to identify this, it's so confusing because we see white folks that say they're black and we say, uh, we see black folks that are whiter than white folks. And then, we, so we see, we cannot define the, um, types of uh, humans just with four or five races. It's so blended. And then you get silk and you get Latino. Who What's a Latino? So technically I'm a Latino, you know that? But I don't look like one. So, uh, <laughs> so again, it's very uh, uh, limiting when we divide things. So when we talk about these spheres of angels, it's uh, how... Christians study them. If you will talk to a Jewish person, it's very similar, but there's uh, some little differences. And if you talk to a, a Muslim cleric, the, it's similar to the Christian, and but there's also some. Uh, variant um, classes. So, uh, again, I don't want to give you a Bible study, but I want to give you some understanding on the realm, on the spiritual realm, because uh, in, as Christians, we believe in the supernatural power of God. And it's important for us to have this knowledge. So, Today, I'm going to teach you uh, something that uh, was firstly defined by St. Gregory, which was a a Catholic Pope, St. Gregory the Great, and uh, St. Thomas of Aquinas, he was a theologian, uh, also that defined likewise, and uh, and again, uh, I'm sorry, the blue uh, circle there, it's hard to read, but I'm going to try to read it anyways, Um, but there's these uh, three spheres, so the first sphere. Uh, has three types or families of, of angels, seraphim, cherubim, and thrones. Those are different um, types. Uh, let me move to the next slide because probably it's oh it's, it's the same thing, hard to read. Then on the second sphere, you have dominations, strongholds, and powers. And on the third one, you have principalities, archangels, And just general angels. So in the Bible, you'll see these uh, nine different uh, types that were defined as spheres. A sphere uh, uh, talks about uh, a domain. All right. So uh, again, I try to uh, uh, show you this as uh, um, uh, it's understood uh, on, on this slide, on the right part of the slide, you have the illustration, the, I- the icons or the iconic representation of these uh, realms. And on the left side, you have a, a more recent uh, way of typifying this without the, all the, the icons. Icons are interesting uh, because uh, they give us the, the image that people had uh, in the early church and during the Middle Ages, during a season uh, in which science was not very advanced. So people actually studied more God and the things of God than they studied science. And and, uh, and and so more recently the last uh, let's say uh, 500 600 years that's when science started to grow people started to study other things but the way science studies things it's pretty much based on the early theologians because they were the only scientists for hundreds and hundreds of years so science blended with church and church had like the monopoly of all the science in the known world. So uh, um, there were a few doctors that were not Christian, but mainly all the knowledge uh, of the whole world was centralized in churches. And pretty much during uh, uh, almost a thousand years in the Roman church, which was the most predominant, the Roman church, and then the church in Turkey uh, uh, or in that region, which was the B- Byzantine church. So all these churches, the Coptic church, the Catholic, all these, they gathered all the knowledge of science and of God. And, and so things were blended uh, very much. But today, science advanced so much that we don't even have knowledge of these things that I'm talking to you. And and so uh, very rarely you'll have a church or a pastor that will teach you on angels. And and, and so today I hope to start changing these uh, things and give you more than just knowledge, but give you some revelation. I'm going to start by reading one of the most famous encounters with angels in the whole Bible which is uh, Isaiah's revelation of God. So Isaiah saw the throne of God. And let, let me just uh, um, place you in history. This is chapter six of Isaiah. So there's previous five chapters. in the previous five chapters, Isaiah was already a prophet, but he lived under the ruling of a political leader called King Uzziah. Now, Uh, People that study uh, genealogy, they concluded that Isaiah was related uh, to Uzziah. So he was probably either a nephew or a close cousin or, uh, you know, he was in the close family of Uzziah. And Uzziah was a very loved king. People loved Uzziah. And pretty much Isaiah served as a prophet that was fascinated by that Leader. If we translate it to today, it will be like a political leader. And Isaiah was really focused in supporting the the authority, the political leader, and listening from God in order to bring the the will of God to the political leader. And it's interesting that until Uzziah died... Isaiah had no revelation of God, of the throne of God, like he started to have in Isaiah 6. And so I I would like to tell you also as a a pastor and as a Christian that we can be blinded by our world and we need to refocus from politics and from the ruling uh, um, um, uh, uh, politics of the world and we need to focus more in God. So, uh, this said, let's read Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him, above who? Him, the Lord, or the throne, stood the seraphim. So, I wanted to stop here, so we'll get the picture. Here's the throne of God. But there's something above. And and, and so the question is, are the angels above God or above the throne? Physically, he sees them above the throne. And listen, this was the scene of Lucifer, which which is a fallen angel. He wanted a throne above the throne. Probably he was already above the throne in in the sense that those angels are protector, protectors of the throne. And so they're flying above the throne and around the throne from the Isaiah's description. And Lucifer once was there. Verse 2. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Why does he uh, mention singular? Because there's a specific angel that talks him. So we don't know if they were all in the same condition. Verse 3, and one called to the other and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his glory. So the seraphim, the seraph angels are communicating with each other and they're praising. They're saying, holy, holy, holy. And they're repeating the same thing, Holy, holy, holy. Pretty much like a song we know from Bethel. That's holy, holy, holy. And it continues forever, never stops. Holy, 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 holy. Say, man, that's uh, repetitive. Well, in the throne, it's like this. Now, let's continue. Verse 4. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. That's the glory of the Lord. Verse 5. And I said... Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my my eyes have seen the, the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. And he said, go. And he continues telling uh, him uh, his instructions. What an amazing uh, vision. Amen. What what an amazing vision. One of the most accurate visions and a, a, a perfect description in the Bible of the throne of God. So if you want to know about God, this is one of the scriptures that contains revelation about God. And in this revelation, we see that in the same location which, which is like the throne room it's the place of the glory it's a it's a it's a place with foundations there's thresholds that were shaken so it seems that he's in a physical place so in this vision he sees like it's like a, a room it's a weird uh, description and he describes with his knowledge of the of that uh, age or that century but we still have a very accurate description of these angels surrounding the throne then we see the throne and one of the angels comes to Isaiah which is an intruder in that place he uh, it's like he was not supposed to be there but he is uh, brought to the throne in order to receive two things. Number one, purification. Number two, commission. So number one, he receives a purification of his sin because when he's confronted with the throne of glory, he says, woe to me, I'm going to die. I'm done because I I have seen the Lord. Scripture says, no human being can see the Lord and survive. That's what the Torah says. That's what scripture says. So when he sees the Lord, he realizes, I'm done. My life is over. He's probably thinking in his wife, which is a prophetess, and his two children, his two kids. And and he's thinking, uh, you know, uh, I'm done. So I passed away. I'm in heaven. And this is it. But he realizes I cannot even be here because I have unclean lips I I live among a people with impurities. So what I speak is not purified, it's not holy. So one of the seraphs, uh, seraphim, uh, brings uh, from the altar, there's a burning coal, and he he couldn't even touch it. So there's a a tongue, and he brings that coal and touches Isaiah's lips. When that fire touches his lips, he's purified. He's made purified. Holy. He's made holy as the Lord is holy. And I I know this is a bold statement, but if we read scripture, this is what the Holy Spirit also does in the life of the believer, comes to purify us. And so the the angel in the throne room brings this purification. And right after this, there's a question. And the question comes from the throne. It says it's the voice of God. It's not the seraph talking anymore. Now it's the throne. And the throne asks, who shall I send? And then the question continues, who will go for us and when it says us of course it's all of them so it's god it's the angels it's everything else that is in that uh, place and that place is the throne room it's the kingdom of god all right so i i'm uh, the word seraphim also appears uh, only in this chapter 6 and the uh, seraphim the the it ends in im I, I am uh, in the English language, seraphim re- refers to the plural of seraph. So it's like there's many. There's seraphim, there are many. And literally, it's a translation of the Hebrew expression, the burning ones. So the burning ones. The burning ones means seraph, seraphim. So, so if you translate Hebrew to English, you'll say these are the burning ones. So if they're the burning ones, Pretty much they're on fire, <laughs> but they have wings, so it's, it's, uh, it's hard for us to define all these terms. And the prophet Isaiah talks about them as those that serve and protect the one who's sitting upon the throne. So when we study the realms of angels or the realm of uh, the, 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 these spheres, Seraphim are part of what they call the first sphere, or those that are really close to God. Those that serve God very closely. They're serving God at a close distance. And on on these, we have seraphim, you have cherubim, and you have thrones. There's three different types, so they're not exactly the same. So Satan, uh, which was uh, named Lucifer, was in the first realm. And in the first realm, he was probably a cherub, a cherub, cherubim. Uh, So he's in the the same realm, but probably a more powerful uh, class of angel than this seraphim. So um, uh, one day we'll get to heaven, we'll know these things. I'm giving you the knowledge that scripture gives us. And and so the the seraph is hard to, to draw Uh, 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 seraph that's uh, probably the closest drawing that I could find uh, because it says they have six wings with two they cover their feet so you don't see the feet with two they cover the face you don't see the face and with two they fly so it's kind of um, uh, a blend of of wings Uh, but this is how Isaiah was able to describe Probably if we had that vision today, we will describe it a little bit differently because we know other things. Maybe we'll say, oh, with two wings, was like an airplane and two were like a helicopter. But there was no airplane, no helicopter in those days. So we really don't know exactly. So here on this side, you see the angelic realm. And you see the throne of God there on top. In the throne of God, you see uh, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, and the Son of God. And uh, and then over here uh, on these circles, you see the, the different descriptions of different angels that we find in Scripture in the Bible. Now, I told you I was going to talk about the first uh, uh, sphere of angels. So we talk about seraph. Let me mention uh, the cherub or the 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 cherub. It depends on the on p- different uh, uh, ways of pronunciation. But uh, Lucifer, is in this class. And this uh, chapter, Ezekiel 28, and we have other descriptions of the Bible, uh, describes this type of angel. Uh, and it says on verse 14 to 16, uh, you were an anointed garden, a cherub, I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. And then it says, uh, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created to Unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your uh, midst, and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from me, from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the hosts or from the midst of the stones of fire. So um, if we read this and we uh, compare with Isaiah 6, there's stones of fire and the stones of fire bring purification to Isaiah's mouth. Here we see that in the stones of fire, there's other angels. So so this was the place where Lucifer was, and he was precipitated out of there. So now there's other cherubs that are there that replace him. And Lucifer, the fallen angel, walks among us. He has deep knowledge of the kingdom of God, how the throne works. Satan knows everything. So whenever someone is called by God, Lucifer knows everything about the details of that call because he worked there. He was uh, a protector angel there at the throne of God. Are you still following me? I hope this is not very confusing. I want to simplify it so we'll have understanding of this. So uh, also, other, uh, there's descriptions of the Bible that say that cherubim or cherubim, uh, they have like four faces, one of a man, one of an ox, a lion, and an eagle. And, and so again, when you see I- icons, uh, it's very hard to draw a being with uh, one head and four faces. So over there you see four heads uh, because it tries to describe. And uh, this can be uh, related also with the evangelistic uh, call. It says that these angels have the wings covered with eyes. So they have eyes all over. Uh, This is how uh, prophets that had the vision of these angels described them. Uh, And, uh, uh, you know, again, I'm not a a very good uh, artist drawing, but I can draw. Uh, I studied architecture. So one of my main things, I can draw straight lines and I can draw a building, but to draw uh, uh, like um, an angel, very complicated. And so you, you don't have a lot of representations, but uh, again, these are images or uh, visions that the prophets had that give us knowledge about the, these angels. And the, the third uh, type of, uh, or the third sphere uh, in, in, this, in this first um, group of angels, so we talk about seraph cherub, and then we have thrones. And in Colossians chapter 1, actually, it's on the New Testament that we have a more accurate um, description of this of this sphere, and where Paul said, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. He's talking about Jesus. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him, and for him. So these angels, these, uh, uh, all the, the, the beings were created by him, by Jesus, and for him. Again, when you study these things from a Hebrew perspective, because they do not accept Jesus as the Son of God, they will identify things differently. And so there is one realm that is missing, which is this one, thrones. And a throne, we know it's a place of of authority. And um, again, when we study these things, uh, uh, Jewish knowledge or the Hebrew religion will uh, read different books. One of the books that uh, has uh, a description of angels Uh, It's the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch is not in the Bible. It's an apocrypha book. So it's a book that is identified as uh, scripture, but not accurate, because through the centuries with translation that was done by uh, copying, uh, they concluded that there are numerous, what they say, errors. Uh, One of the amazing things that happened just uh, two decades ago is that they found a a scroll, a very old scroll of the book of Enoch. And so they compared that scroll with more recent um, uh, copies and they concluded that there's not a lot of change. So it seems that the book is pretty accurate. So you cannot read the book of Enoch as the Bible, but if you want to read it, which is a very interesting reading, I read this book numerous times, and I read The Last Scrolls, which you can find online, if you do a Google search, you will find, uh, you you place, you know, Last Scroll Found, Book of Enoch, and you can read it, And, and this book, Talks about angels, the names of the angels, uh, relationship the angels had with human beings, uh, different fights the angels had among each other. And, and so it's, it's very, very interesting. And, and so one of these Dead Sea Scrolls um, construes uh, these sections uh, and, um, and talks about these angels that never sleep and guard the throne of God. Um, so l- let me continue. And I'm going to conclude uh, today uh, this uh, introduction to the angelical spheres. Uh, And I still would like to give you a more practical application because you you may ask, why do I need to know this? Or if you're not interested at all, you may say, who cares? Well, you should care about these things. Because if, uh, if one day, do you intend to go to heaven just by curiosity? And anyone here intends to go to heaven? So, uh, so I don't want to be a complete surprise. All right? So let's say by, by knowing these things, you will not say, oh, wow, what, what's happening? I've never heard about these things. So I have no excuse now. Now you've heard about these things. And why do you need to know this? Because l- let me tell you, God uh, lives in the whole universe. So he, he's across all spiritual and natural realms. In fact, God is here. But if there's a place where God dwells or abides, uh, uh, it's, it's this throne room. From there, God controls everything in the kingdom of God, controls everything. However, there's a spot that is not yet controlled by God. What spot is it? It's earth. It's where we live. It's where we're in right now. So, over here, the church, which includes you and me, was called to establish God's kingdom or realm here. But over here, centuries ago, a fallen angel was cast down. Now, I believe that's my belief, so uh, don't write it as law but it's from what I've studied in Scripture. I believe that after Satan was precipitated here, something happened. I believe there was already uh, life, and we have a record of dinosaurs and all this that kind were previous to the world as we know it now. And then there was chaos. And so the Bible starts with this expression. The earth was formless and without a perfect shape. It was in chaos. So there was a chaos on earth. And it says, and the spirit of God was moving on top of the chaos of the abyss uh, of what, whatever existed here. So uh, in my understanding... When Satan was precipitated in this planet, chaos happened and God had to do a creation and the creation is described in Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two. So uh, uh, from my view, Tony, and from what I studied, this is how I see it. I know there's people that have different explanations and they put the fall of Satan after creation. I firmly believe personally that it was there if you want to place it on a timeline. But what we really need to understand is that Lucifer uh, is a powerful angel. He's, he was initially a, a, a cherub or a carob, a protector angel. He was at the throne in a position of extreme power over the realms of angels, and he was jealous of God. So he he was at the center of worship. Uh, The description of the Bible says that in his body, he has musical instruments. He's also an angel of light. He's a powerful uh, angel. And in this position in his heart, he started to imagine, what about if I could sit on the throne of God? I would like to sit there. Not only that, I would like to do another throne above that one where I will sit. And and so God said, who do you think you are? And God kicked him out of heaven. But he was so loved, so esteemed, that one-third of all these angels followed him in the fall. So today, one-third of the angels had fallen. Two-thirds are with God. You and me are with that group, the kingdom of God. Our call is to establish uh, what, uh, in Greek, it's the word basileia, which is the kingdom. We're called to establish that kingdom here on earth. That's our call. And news that I have for you, you're not doing this alone. The angels of God, as we learned last week, they're sent on behalf of those who confess Jesus. So when you confess Jesus, by other words, when you bring the kingdom of God here on earth, God sends the angels to back you up. And if angels back you up, you can count on protection. You can count on healing. You can count on unlimited resources and blessing that God has available for you. So I would like to invite you to stand, and I'm going to pray for all of us. And my goal, again, it's not to give you theology, though I'm doing that, but I I really want to bring you an understanding of the spiritual world. So when you're in, in trouble, next time, next time Satan brings trouble into your life, next time the devil attacks you, you will know. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's more with me than with him. (laughs) Not only that, but the angels that are with God, they're so powerful. That, as we learned last week, only one angel is able to paralyze the whole kingdom of darkness. Only one angel will paralyze the kingdom of Lucifer and keep him astray for a thousand years. And after that millennia, God is going to establish a new earth earth and new heavens. God is going to, uh, God is creator. So uh, this creation is not yet finished, but it's going to come to an end. When it's finished, God will start a new one. The throne of God will move. And the will of God is for you and me one day to sit in that throne. What an honor. You do not deserve it. I do not deserve it. But one day, the Bible says, we'll be at the throne at the right hand. We'll see Lucifer being brought And you will say, was this the one who gave us so much trouble? He will be cast in a place called hell, and he will be kept there for a thousand years. After a thousand years, he will be brought again to the throne, and the final judgment will happen. Then we'll enter into a new phase that we have no knowledge yet. We have knowledge of these things that are about to happen in Scripture. So after we learn about angels we're going to learn about 10 times and we're going when we talk about angels then you'll figure out and you say oh okay this is a seraphim a seraph or this is a cherub or this is a throne and we're going to learn next week about the angels of the second sphere which are different types of angels and when you and me do spiritual uh, authority prayers we're praying into that Uh, That's fear. And so it's very important that we learn this uh, because uh, when you aim your prayer, you know exactly what you're doing. All right. So, God, I pray for all the people here in the Passion Center and those that are watching Uh, this video. And in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that people will receive revelation of who you are, God. Not just knowledge of scripture or knowledge of spiritual things, but true revelation. That your Holy Spirit will enlighten this word. And God, when people pray, that they will feel the full power of their prayers and how these prayers pierce into the spirit and will move the spiritual spheres and how the angelical uh, uh, beings that come up and down and they use those uh, spiritual ladders like jacob has seen them and lord like isaiah was brought to the throne like john was raised uh, to heaven and he saw all these things lord we thank you for scripture that gives us this knowledge but while we're here God, we know we need to deal with the natural world, but give us insight into the spirit so we'll be effective messengers of God. So that when God asks uh, who shall go for us, Lord, many of us said, here am I, send me. God, we want to know the call. (coughs) Excuse me. We want to know the call. We want to know exactly what to do and how to pray. So give us this understanding. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.